You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Purple Row podcast for and by Rockies fans. Thank you for joining us as we discuss all things baseball and Colorado Rockies. Welcome to Affected by Altitude, the All-Star Break Edition. We're recording here on Friday, the weekend prior to the All-Star festivities. But by the time you hear this, it will be very much in the swing of things. All-Star season is upon us, and that is the topic of conversation for much of today. This is Affected by Altitude, a major league podcast presented by Purple Row, the Rockies affiliation of SB Nation. As always, I am Mac Wilcox, joined by my two cohorts, Skylar Timmons. Howdy. And Evan Lang. Hey, how's it going? What up, gentlemen? So we always like to start these shows off a little icebreaker. And as such, we've got a good one for today. You know, the All-Star break is a great opportunity for people to see players that are not from the Colorado Rockies. A good chance to see some of the talent from around the league. And so Skyler posited a really good question earlier today, which is, I actually will start with Skyler. Who is your favorite player to not be a Rocky? They can be present, past, anyone you like. So I think Evan brought up this question, but I'll take credit for it. I'm already. Yeah, I was going to say, wow, Tough taking start. my ideas and giving them Tough to somebody start to this else. Episode, man. Yikes. <laughs> Skyler, who you got? Uh, this, this is hard because I love my Rockies so much, and sometimes I don't pay attention to the other players. But currently, uh, I think right now it's Shohei Otani mm. out of everybody because my around the league will kind of fluctuate. But I just am a big fan of Shohei Otani right now. Uh, like many folks, just for what he's doing right now. And, no, I, I wasn't all in on the hype when he first came over because you know, I just didn't think he could do it, being a pitcher and a hitter. And he was trying to do both, but the injuries kept hindering him. But it's finally cool to see him you know, falling through on that hype, just hitting dingers everywhere, pitching like a madman, throwing strikeouts, you know, hitting hitting gas and throwing gas. And so it, it's just fun to see Shohei Otani, what he's doing, just witnessing history. Uh, but there's quite a few guys. Also, Vladdy Jr., he's a good guy. That's awesome. Both, both great picks, both young, awesome players to watch. Evan? So it's funny you mentioned Shohei Otani because, first of all, I did believe the hype because the Hokkaido Nippon Ham Fighters are my NPB team. I have a fighters Shohei Otani jersey and you Darvish jersey sitting in my closet right now and I was so pumped for him to come over and I was so mad when the Rockies did not even send him the paperwork because I wanted him really really badly but Mm -hmm. my favorite non-Rockies player of all time is also a Japanese player an incredibly hyped Japanese player one Suzuki Ichiro yeah, of of the Seattle Mariners. He is so cool. He's the true hit king. I always loved his batting stance. I loved his warm-up stances where he just he held that bat, arm straight up, bat straight up, right before he got into his practice swings. The one true hit king seems like a really cool guy. There was a really good article on The Athletic uh, earlier this week um, that was about people's interactions with Ichiro when he first started breaking into the league. Mm-hmm. And... He's just a such a fascinating guy. He's a baseball lifer. 
He's incredibly talented, but also incredibly hardworking. He was really the first, like, big deal Japanese superstar to come over here and uh, play in Major League Baseball. Because we had had some Japanese players before, but Ichiro was the one who was like, this is the guy, this is the superstar representing Japan here in the United States. And he's still super popular in Japan, and I think for good reason. But absolutely, he made every team that was on, he was on, be popular in Japan. That's what Shohei Otani is doing right now, is that the Angels are gaining a lot of popularity in Japan because Shohei Otani is there. That's awesome. And you're right, Ichiro Suzuki, in my mind, one of the GOATs. I mean, the dude is, yeah, the hit king. One of the greatest rookie seasons of all time. I love, love, love Ichiro. For me, being a White Sox fan growing up, my favorite player was always Mark Burley. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, just just an absolute bulldog. Uh, obviously, I, you know, I like I said a couple episodes ago, I attended Game 2 of the World Series, um, so I've always just had White Sox close to my heart. I watched his perfect game on TV. Uh, I love Mark Burley. He's just my guy. He is my favorite pitcher of all time. And then my current player that I love to watch that's not in the Rockies, yeah, it's just, it's Shohei, obviously. Like, he's so awesome. He is must-see television. I think the fact that he got a spot on the all-star team for both pitcher and as a hitter is the coolest thing imaginable. I am all in on Shohei Otani. Um, Awesome. Good start, guys. Other than me botching, you know, the the exact, uh, you know, idea of who started it. But, you know, that's why we do this, because we are light and we are loose and we keep it moving. And we shall, as we go into our first bit of actual news, uh, we are going to talk a lot about the All-Star Weekend and the festivities. But this is a Rockies podcast. So we do want to start off with some Rockies news. And there has been some news floating around, specifically regarding the Rockies GM situation and their future, what that might look like. There are some reports coming out from a couple different writers that I guess Bill Schmidt, who is the current interim GM of the Colorado Rockies, may end up taking that spot permanently. Now, that's obviously got a lot of implications for the future. Um, there have been trade talks about guys like Marquez and Gray and Story this season. Uh, Story and Gray both in walk years. Uh, they are both set to become free agents after this season. What really, I mean, we don't have that much information to go off of, but this is pretty big news. You know, nothing is set in stone or, or, you know, on the dotted line just yet, but there's a huge possibility that we could very much be on the cusp of, like, the next GM for the next however many years. Evan, I'll start with you. You have a really good knowledge of the inner workings of the Rockies system. Uh, What do you believe... Let's. I guess I'll ask you this to start, and you can kind of branch off into however you want to explain it, but if... Bill Schmidt is named the GM for the future. What does that mean for the organization? And what does that mean for the Rockies' future in general? So if Bill Schmidt ends up getting the permanent general manager job after the season, legitimately, I think that is a worst-case scenario for the Rockies Mm -hmm. and for the future of the team. Schmidt is a longtime scout. He is not, I think, prepared to go immediately from, you know, scouting, directing, straight to being the general manager. Uh, I think it's kind of frustrating, and we'll talk about the um, the trade talks or lack thereof in just a minute, that it kind of is emitting the feeling that he's not really able to coordinate a bunch of things at once. So the fact that they're you know shutting down, dra- uh, shutting down trade talks to focus exclusively on the draft when the deadline is coming up in a couple weeks, I 
think it's going to make a lot of fans, especially a lot of more hardcore fans, really angry because a lot of people know that what the best course of action for this team is is getting someone strongly baseball-minded and strongly analytically-minded from outside the organization, preferably somebody younger, to kick off the rebuild and get the front office filled with people who are of a similar mind. Mm -hmm. Because Bill Schmidt has been... he's He's a good scout. He's got a very long history in scouting. I think he was a solid if not always spectacular director of scouting and for handling the draft because sometimes the Rockies draft really well and sometimes the Rockies draft you know doesn't really work out especially with first round picks we saw Riley Pint retire a couple weeks ago due to his injury history and just really failing to develop and Riley Pint was a Bill Schmidt draft pick it's not a smart decision and um, our fellow writer, Rene Deschart, uh here on Purple Row, mentioned earlier, like, the consolidation of power and people who aren't necessarily going to question Dick Monfort, who clearly wants to keep making baseball decisions and keep being a part of day-to-day baseball operations, which is really, you know, bad because he's not right. good at that. That's not where his strong suits are. He's a businessman. The Rockies are worth $1.3 billion. They need to put their money where their mouth is and bring in smart, baseball-minded, analytically-minded people to get the Rockies caught up with the modern game of baseball and to really give us sort of a future. I think if we select Bill Schmidt based on how, in general, the Rockies are overly loyal to their staff um, and they don't like to let people go this could set the team back years, if not decades. Mm. Okay. So safe to say it's not the move that you would make necessarily. Absolutely not. Not in a million years. <laughs> Skyler. Well, like we we're saying it, you asked like, what does this mean for the future? If they hire Bill Schmidt, it's just going to be more of the same. Mm. Uh, that the biggest problem that we continue to see with the Rockies is, uh, and fans are beginning to notice it media. Everybody's noticing more and more, know that there's actually a man behind the curtain that it's just dick monfort pulling all the strings he just wants his yes men he wants his guys that are going to be loyal to him and won't really question or contradict him any decision will just do what he wants so then he's kind of involved there with all the power and making all the decisions and so if you just immediately go into the off-season gm search with the idea that, oh, yeah, we're just going to hire Bill Schmidt, but we'll give a, give the appearance that we're looking outside of the organization. But he's our best man for the job because he'll continue our culture. Uh, it, it's a bunch of baloney, and it, it it doesn't mean good things. And you know, who knows if Bill Schmidt, if he had the permanent role, would actually start doing some things because he's the interim GM right now is just kind of in a weird spot where you know, we saw in that Nick Groke article about the trade talks that other organizations don't really know who's in charge or who to call, who to call even about trade talks and everything. So there's just a lot of confusion. Nobody knows who's in charge. Uh, do they call Dick Monford? Do they call Greg Fiesel? Do they call Bill Schmidt? Do they call Trevor Story on his personal cell? Like, <laughs> right. what do you, who, who do you right. call 
to figure out what's going on with the rock. A lot of stuff's being done by committee right now, and yeah. that's not ideal. And you know, there's there's going to be a lot of piling on on Dick Monfort, and some of it justifiably, some not. Like a lot of people say, uh, Dick Monfort doesn't care; it's all about business. I don't think that's necessarily true. He's definitely business minded, but. If anything, he cares a little bit too much about the organization and being a fan because that's why he is inserting himself into baseball operations when he shouldn't be. And that's why he gets, I think, so upset when people question his baseball-mindedness. Like, if you go back to, Hmm. what was it, 2014, where people were really starting to question him and the Rockies just being in really bad shape. And he got overly defensive and made a very regretful comment that Rockies fans, if they didn't like what he was doing, didn't deserve to have a baseball team. Right. And I think, you know, he, he is definitely, he's a businessman. He's business-minded. Of course he wants to make money with McGregor Square. Of course he wants to make money with the team. But you know what makes a team a lot more money is winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good point. You're both really making good points, especially about the loyalty that the Rockies organization has to some of these executives that have been around a while. And I think it was Evan that said that he is essentially a scout. And you're right that that's maybe not necessarily what the Rockies need at this moment, right? Like they do need a new set of eyes. They need someone who has not been here through the last few seasons they, you know, I'm not saying they should go out and sign Theo Epstein, although I wouldn't necessarily say no to that. But, uh, you know, it would be probably a good idea to get some new sets of eyes on this and really kind of take the team and the organization in a direction that it's not been before. Whether or not that's going to end up happening obviously remains to be seen, as this is, you know, one of those patented developing stories. But, yeah, yeah, more of the same. I mean, look at it. Yeah. Look at it this way. Bill Schmidt's been a scout since 1982. He's been mm-hmm. with the Rockies organization since the early 2000s. He's been with the Rockies organization for over 20 years. Same with Greg Fiesel. Same with a lot of these people who are running the show. And longevity is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's incredibly clear to almost anyone who looks in on the organization that they do need that fresh set of eyes. And Bill Schmidt sure. is not that. He's incredibly experienced with scouting, and he's been around for a long, long time, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he is the best man for the job. Yeah. Skyler, you had something. Yeah, I think it's not – I like the – when Patrick Saunders brought out the tweet saying that he has – after talking to Rick Fiesler, oh, I, he get, got the strong impression that Bill Schmidt – was probably going to get the permanent GM job. And I did like some of the responses that people had to that. Of, well, what do you expect Greg Fiesler to say? You know, oh, we're just going to dump him at the end of the season. And, sure. You no, know, hopefully it is more of that instance of he's just backing up his guy that he currently has and that they will do that thorough search and pick the best man for the job out even outside of the organization. Uh, but then – the scary part still that we've talked about before with that club president, that there isn't really a baseball-minded, you know, a forward-thinking person that's making these mm-hmm. decisions 
for the Rockies because mm-hmm. Harry Fiesel was a football player who then has only worked on the business side of things with the team, but then he gets thrust into making on-field personnel decisions as well and kind of the running the business and the baseball business end of things. And so it's just these conflicting ideas and who knows uh, really what, what people are <laughs> what's going to happen with everybody. But sure. you, like we were talking about, they need that fresh set of eyes. As we've talked about before, and I've mentioned this, organization, you know, with their philosophy and everything, it's kind of sick. It's old. It's outdated. And they're afraid of looking outside. They're afraid of change, more or less. It's like when I go to Subway. I've gotten the same sandwich at Subway for the past 15 years <laughs> because I've been too afraid to try anything else. Yeah. Like I'd go and, I'd go and get my foot-long meatball on white with oh. American cheese and Parmesan on it. You know, <laughs> every time, Once in a while, I'd mix it up and get it toasted. Nice. Um, but it... it <laughs> But then finally, I was like, I'm sick of this because I'm sick of this same old sandwich. And so even just recently, I started getting a new sandwich at Subway just to try it. And I was, wasn't, too, wasn't too disappointed with it. Yeah. <laughs> and so the Rockies need to be like me with Subway and just don't be afraid of looking outside of your organization, having somebody come in to make some changes and make some worthwhile changes to bring a new perspective that they desperately need. Uh, we are yeah. not sponsored by Subway, by the way. Just need to put that out there. <laughs> Although, if you're listening, Subway, feel free to float us some cash whenever you want. But no, yeah, I think you guys are both nailing it where it is just a lot of the same. It's a, it's the same that we've been through, and it would be it would be nice to get a fresh set of eyes and a new perspective on the organization because as the direction they are heading currently, it's hard to expect any sort of big shakeups or any big moves coming. I do want to uh, really quickly put over an article that was posted on Purple Road this morning by our own Joelle Millom. Uh, she posted an open letter to the Rockies front office. Uh, it's a really, really great breakdown, a nice article written in an, a formal letter to the Rockies front office, kind of talking up a lot about the GM situation and just the general direction of the team. Uh, so that is posted today, which is, you know, as we record Friday, July 9th. I do encourage our listeners to go check that out. Really well-written article by Joelle. Definitely worth a, uh, a look as we talk about this GM situation. Um, so in Joel's article and in a lot of other people have been talking about and voicing a lot of frustration with Greg Fiesel, who we mentioned earlier, um, mm. because of the quote, him saying, yes, there has been change, but we feel good about how we are moving forward. And then you immediately justify that with how bad the Rockies are on the road, having yes. uh, just narrowly avoided being swept by a team that, hadn't won back-to-back games since the beginning of May and how members of the front office are jumping ship like uh, Zach Wilson and John Whale. And uh, she has a really great quote. It's like, uh, so Joel says, I'm just wondering here, Greg, do you really believe that? I totally understand that as the team president, you have to tell the media that everyone is doing great despite being short-staffed. Morale might be dwindling after all. It would be shocking if you admitted that the Rockies organization is a sinking ship and that Wilson and Whale are brilliant for abandoning it. The lights are still on at Coors Field and operations do indeed go on. But do you really feel good about how you are moving forward? That's powerful. It, it's, you know, it's that's a real question. That's, that's a genuine 
thing that obviously we're not going to get an answer to right now, but that's a real legitimate question that I think Rocky's fans are asking, and Rocky's, you know, nation really wants to have a more clear direction. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be one of those things, man. We're, we're going to have to keep an eye on this. Uh, obviously, whenever we have any news or updates, uh, I invite everyone to keep their eyes on the site. Of course, we always are, um, you know, let you guys in on the know when anything is uh, popping up. That's where you'll see it first. Uh, let's keep it moving. Let's get into uh, some more Rockies news, hopefully a little bit more lighthearted. Um, we, as we record, like I said, we are just going to go ahead and finish up this uh, first half of the season with this uh, final road stand against the Padres. They'll start game one of that series here in about six hours or so. And so I really just wanted to kind of ask you both, um, are there any specific moments of the first half that stood out to you? Obviously, the Rockies are not winning games on the road. They are really, really inept. I'm just being honest, right? They're pretty inept on the road. They have a very solid home record, one of the best home records in the game. There is obviously a huge conversation to be had about why that's happening um, are there any takeaways from the first half at all? Really? Are there any moments that stuck out to you? Any players you want to um, bring up or, or shed light on? Any first half summations you guys feel the fans uh, should be, you know, in the know about? I'll start with you, Evan. Honestly, there's there's a lot of frustrating things to take away from the first half of the season. But there's a lot of good stuff to talk about, too. The pitching rotation really coming into its own as being overall a very good unit. Even our friend Chichi Gonzalez, who yesterday threw five pretty solid innings of work. And the rotation overall has been really good. Uh, Herman Marquez being just overall excellent, especially after a rough start, really coming into his own and becoming that staff ace of the rotation. Um, breakouts for players like Jonathan Daza and Raimel Tapia. Tapia was Absolutely. the hit leader and doubles leader in the entire month of June in all of Major League Baseball. He was great. Daza's been great. Brendan Rogers really busting out of his shell. The overall roster, I think, is not that bad. And you have a lot of these players who you know are probably not going to be here next year or the team is going to look very different next year but are playing for you know either pride in a lost season or they're playing for spots elsewhere next year like um cj crone is playing really really well at first base yeah and there's definitely going to be a job for him next year it's probably not going to be with the rockies unfortunately as much as i like the guy but he's showing that when healthy he can be an everyday starting first baseman uh, Ryan McMahon is showing that he's our everyday third baseman. He's playing incredible defensive baseball. He's playing better defensive third base than Nolan Arenado, which is Who? unheard of. Or, like, you never would think about it because Ryan McMahon was never really a super highly touted prospect. And here he is. He's our everyday. He's an everyday starter. Same with uh, Brendan Rodgers finally breaking out and showing that he is an everyday starter. And we're seeing a lot of pieces maybe fall into place for what the future of this organization over the next couple years may look like and not everybody's super young and not everybody is going to be here like unfortunately joshua fuentes is probably the odd man out right now probably he's not been playing super well this season and he's been finding his playing time being taken away by guys who are playing better and unfortunately that happens 
Uh, he could still stick around as a depth piece. He could go elsewhere. I don't think he's necessarily going to be an out-of-the-league kind of guy, but you don't. You just don't know what his future is going to be like when both of his main positions are covered by somebody else right now and probably going to be covered by somebody else later on because we have a glut of prospects that are probably going to be coming up next year or at the end of this year, like Colton Welker, whose suspension is almost over. So, but there's not, that's probably me getting a little bit too negative about where the roster's at right now. At home, they're playing lights out, which is amazing. And on the road, I just, I don't really know. There's a couple guys who are doing okay on the road, and you'll take what you can get there. But overall, the major, major highlight has got to be the pitching rotation. Because they've been incredible this is like unheard of from rockies organization and even on the road the rotation is starting to balance out and it's been the lack of offense or the bullpen implosions that are causing rockies losses and not really the rotation because we saw it in the series against arizona is that all three games the starting pitching was pretty solid a lot of them had their patented one bad inning where in one inning things kind of got away from them but then they would get things back pretty quickly. John Gray had a pretty rough first inning uh, when he started the series against Arizona, then immediately wheeled it back around and was very, very solid for five more innings. Same yeah. with Sensatela, he had his one bad inning. And then Chichi Gonzalez yesterday had his one bad inning, but otherwise threw a bunch of really solid baseball. And then it's been the bullpen or the lack of offense that are you know, robbing the Rockies of these road wins. Yeah. Yeah. I think the rotation has been the high point. I think that's a great call out. That's a really great breakdown in general, Evan. Thanks for that, man. Mm-hmm. Skylar, what do you say? I think the highlight for me just throughout the first half and probably for the rest of the season still is just tuning in to the, the weird wacky world of Rockies baseball, <laughs> because it just seems like every other game or at least once a series there's just some sort of wacky thing, some sort of absurd record <laughs> that's being brought up or something. Or, you know, opening day was a indication where you know, Cody Bellinger hits that ball out to left field. Ramiel Tapia almost makes a fantastic catch, except it flies out of his glove over the, the wall. But uh, Cody Bellinger gets called out because he passed Justin Turner, who was running back to the base. <laughs> and that just set the tone for the wackiness that we're seeing. Uh, every day with this team, whether it's just being absolutely dominant on the road, one of the best teams in baseball at home or at home. Yeah, they're not dominant on the road, believe right. me. Right. Uh, but then they turn around and look like a little t-ball team that's struggling to hit the ball on the road, and so just this stark contrast between the two, you know, or the random accusations that the team is cheating, you know, that they <laughs> were cheating back in 2018, or you know, some people pet- perpetuating the theory that they're cheating now at home, and that's why they do so good. Yeah. Uh, or the or the random, oh, our general manager who alienated our third baseman and traded him away, he just randomly resigned three weeks later, <laughs> three weeks into the season. Yeah. And so just these weird, wacky things are just been a blast for me to watch. This team this season becomes a lot more enjoyable to watch when you kind of have lower expectations and – no, I still get frustrated when the bullpen comes in and uh, blows a lead 
or our guys can't hit and they're almost helping Jacob DeGrom break the strikeout record for most strikeouts in a row. Uh, It's all these different things. But on the most positive note, I've just been really pleased, like Evan talked about, just the success that a lot of these guys that needed to prove themselves um, kind of break out of their shells and that they're doing it this season. Uh, so the Jonathan Dazes, Rymel Tapia, who kind of he's been kind of up and down a little bit this season, but finding that consistency. Uh, Brendan Rogers come back from injury and being able to produce our starting rotation being phenomenal, but specifically Austin Gomber yeah. uh, has been yeah. one of my biggest highlights this season because kind of the headlining piece in that Arnado deal, mm-hmm. he comes in with just that confidence and yeah he had a rough first inning against the Dodgers in his very first start at home. But then since then, just turned it around and just dropping dirty deuces on everybody. And probably the most beautiful curveball I've ever seen. Seriously. Oh, in Colorado. And just his confidence, the way he pitches in Colorado and with the team. Uh, I'm happy with him and how he's produced. And I look forward to him getting back into the rotation. But it's just been... A wacky, wide world of Rockies baseball, but wouldn't have it any other way, I guess. <laughs> I think that's actually a great point. I actually really like that because it's true. It's it's going to be very easy to point out that the Rockies are well on the way to breaking the worst road record in the history of the game. And it's going to be easy to say that the Rockies are out of the playoffs and everything, but I think you make a really good point, Skyler, which is that, you know, for me, I haven't, you know, the pandemic, obviously, I hadn't been to a baseball game in a couple of years. And I went to a Rockies game about a week and a half ago, and I got to see Elias Diaz's walk-off home run against the Cardinals in Nolan Arenado's return to Colorado. Look, does that matter in the context of an entire season? Probably not. But it's baseball, and it's back. And whether the Rockies are great right now or not, you always have an opportunity to see something crazy every time you watch Rockies baseball. The the Rymel Tapia play you mentioned is an all-timer for me. Like, what? how do you even explain that to someone? Uh, Herman Marquez flirted with a no-hitter earlier this season. Twice, in fact, he has flirted with no-hitters this season. Evan mentioned the rise of these guys like Jonathan Daza and Ryan McMahon and Rymel Tapia and Trevor Rogers, like uh, Brendan Rogers. Why do I keep doing that? I don't know what is up with me <laughs> and Trevor Story and Brendan Rogers. I don't know what that's about. But Brendan Rogers, like... Yeah, you know, obviously it's not exactly a hot take to say that the Rockies are not a competitive baseball team at the moment, but it is always fun to catch them and see what sort of zaniness is going to take place that day. And I love that you made that point. Yeah. If it's going to be a bad season, it might as well be a fascinating season. Bang. That is what it is right there. All right, we're going to keep this going. We're going to take a quick little ad break here, and then we're going to come on back. We're going to finish up some more Rockies news, uh, specifically regarding trades. We're going to talk All-Star Weekend, and we're going to take it home, maybe a little bit of All-Star Trivia. So stay tuned for all that. We'll catch you back here in just a minute. And we are back. Appreciate you sticking with us through that ad break. So I mentioned we wanted to finish up with a little bit of information about the Rockies before we get into All-Star Weekend stuff. I'm actually going to let Evan sort of take the lead on this one. This is something that he wanted to bring up earlier uh, in this week, uh, specifically regarding the Rockies and potential trade opportunities. So, Evan, I'll actually let you go ahead and introduce this next little segment here. So, yeah, Nick Groke of The Athletic earlier this week 
put out an article that the Rockies have sort of gone dark when it comes to trade talks here before the All-Star break. And there's a lot to unpack there. I'll try and keep it relatively brief. But basically, as I mentioned a little bit when we were talking about Bill Schmidt as the potential uh, GM of the future here, the Rockies not being able to handle the draft and dealing with trade talks at the same time is not a particularly good look for a front office. Mm. And at the same time, there's a lot of strange stuff to unpack there. I think part of it why the Rockies are not necessarily fielding offers on players before the All-Star break is that they want to have a nice full stadium and have more casual Rockies fans you know, be able to go to the All-Star game and go into the All-Star break knowing that their favorite players like Trevor Story or John Gray are still there. But it's really, really odd because they absolutely need to be listening to trade offers. So what originally came out first is that uh, Skipper Bud Black said that Herman Marquez is officially off the table. There's no way he's getting traded. And a lot of people were like, that's weird. You know, you normally don't deal in absolute absolutes like that. But for Herman, I think that makes sense because he's only 26 years old. He's in year two of an incredibly team-friendly deal that is very, very cheap, that has him locked up with the Rockies through 2024. And there are definitely worse pieces to rebuild around than a franchise pitcher. And that is who Herman is right now. And so I have zero problem with saying that Herman is not going to be traded and saying that he's off the table. That makes absolute sense to me. And if anything, I think trading him makes no sense. Because like I said, he's on a very, very cheap and team-friendly deal through the long term. Yes. He's a good piece to build around. And a good example of the functional rotation for the Rockies. What doesn't make sense is not fielding any offers for anybody at all. And part of it, like you mentioned earlier, Mac, is that people don't really know who to go to mm -hmm. for trade talks because everything's done by committee and the front office is sort of a train wreck right now. But that's a huge problem. And not even listening to trade talks before the All-Star break only gives you, you know, two more weeks until the trade deadline. The trade deadline this year is July 30th. And the Rockies have a lot of guys that they should be preparing to move or at least listening to offers for. And as much as I hate it, two of those main guys are Trevor Story and John Gray. Neither of whom, it sounds like there's been any progress or even any talks of giving them contract extensions or that they plan to stick around or even want to stick around. Uh, I don't see why Trevor Story would unless they make him a very, very well-paid man and a very, very strong offer. And if you're not going to be absolutely certain that they are sticking around, then you need to be listening to trade talks to try and restock the farm team and get a little value out of the time they have left here in Colorado. Yeah. Because the, I guess part of the plan was trying to wait it out and let them walk after giving them a qualifying offer and then getting competitive balance picks. But with the renegotiation of the CBA coming up, we don't even know if there will be competitive balance picks anymore. So it's a huge gamble, even in general, to do that. And if there are still competitive balance picks, the Rockies don't have a great track record with high draft picks. Um, the first round in general has not been 
very good for the Rockies in their history, especially when drafting high school players, but that's a whole other thing entirely. And so you need to at least try and get some value out of these guys. C.J. Crone is very likely not going to be here next year. He's 31 years old, and a first base or offense-needy team could pay handsomely for his services. Michael Givens is a free agent at the end of the year. Daniel Bard is a free agent at the end of the year. There are a lot of guys who we could try and recoup some value from with trades, and I just don't think that the front office is in good shape to do that right now, Mm -hmm. but completely shutting down trade talks until after the All-Star break, which is what they are doing, according to uh, Nick Groke's sources, is really just a very baffling move and, you know, very concerning about the state of the front office of this team because... A rebuild needs to happen, whether you admit it or not. That's basically what's going to be happening over the next couple seasons. Trevor Story is not going to be here. John Gray may or not be here. A lot of these guys on one-year deals are probably going to be gone. Charlie Blackman's only got a couple years left on his deal. People are going to be leaving. And for guys who are currently on the final year of their contract, you need to at least try and recoup some of that value if you are not absolutely certain that you are going to bring them back for the next year so frankly it's just i'm not really sure what they're doing right now down at 20th and blake in terms of listening to trade talks it's possible that this is overblown or that it's not necessarily true but i tend to uh, pretty strongly stand by the things that nick groke reports on And it's absolutely not something that would surprise me to have this going on right now. But it's Mm -hmm. just another really frustrating move for the Rockies to be doing where there is an obvious thing that needs to be done and they're just not doing it. Well, yeah, especially because I think so many fans are frustrated, not even necessarily by the losing, but because there's that feeling, that pervasiveness of stagnancy. Stag- being stagnant, stagnancy, whatever. But just the idea that they don't really have a plan and they're just sticking to where they are. And so you make really good points when you talk about all these free agents that are going to be leaving, more than likely leaving the Rockies next season, and they come from all over. You mentioned position players. You mentioned pitchers. Like These are all parts of the Rockies team that they could be losing. We have to have a game plan on that. Skyler, what's your take on this? I, I understand uh, some of the other things where they – and they kind of put the halts on everything, you know, just to focus on the draft and to focus, you know, on the all-star game itself. But I do buy into that idea that they were just desperate to make sure they had their all-stars for the all-star game. Um, and partly for me, I think at this point, I still have a hard time seeing Trevor Story getting traded at this point. Uh, just because there's a lot of teams where you have their established middle infielders there was that rumor the White Sox wanted to get him and then put him at second base. Uh, but mostly, I think the biggest fear they have is, one, the decision by committee, but also I don't know if they want to deal with the fan backlash of losing of trading away both Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story basically within sure. the same season. And so I think they would just kind of take their take their bet with offering the qualifying offer it rejects it, and then you get your your draft pick. And that way they can kind of spin of like, well, 
he didn't want to stay here and you know, wanted to move on in his own accord. So who knows what they'll do with Story. But I do agree with some of these other pieces that you know, wouldn't be as controversial to send away. Making sure they're listening mm-hmm. on the C.J. Crones, the Michael Givens, Daniel Bard even. Uh, just making sure that we're at least listening in on these guys that we're not really going to need down, a sh- down the stretch. You know, try and get something for it. But like you're saying, with all their turmoil, with the GM and everything else, it's making their trade game all the more difficult because nobody knows who's in charge. They still don't have an analytics department. They're already a skeleton crew. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this trade deadline. But the one thing we can all agree on, Marquez isn't going anywhere. And yep. it's a shame that it has to be Bud Black going on MLB Network Radio to announce that. And a great why point. not have your front office say you know, outright, yeah, we're not dealing this guy. He's, stay, he's staying put. Kind of like, the, kinda like the Diamondbacks did with Cattell Marte. So, yeah, it just all the communications awful, but it's important that they do listen in on some of these guys and start feeling those offers. And they have a lot of work to do in two weeks. And who knows, maybe they can pull in a role this Chapman move with John Gray, trade him away and then re-sign him because there are Mm -hmm. those rumors that he wants to stay in Colorado, that he likes pitching here. So Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. And especially because John Gray has found success pitching at altitude, which, you know, basically no other pitchers have really yeah i and scholar the one point you made that i think is huge is that bud black made the announcement that john that herman marquez is not being moved on mlb network radio and you said it how it's very interesting that we had to hear that from that medium and not from a you know presser or even from some sort of statement by the rockies front office it took the field level manager to say something that's a really good point Obviously, like I said earlier in the podcast, make sure you guys are always keeping your eyes peeled on purplerow.com. Any updates, any news, any trades that were to materialize will always be reported there uh, the minute we hear about them. So make sure you guys are sticking um, that as a favorite on your computer, on your phone, because we'll be hearing about it uh, sooner than later, I'm sure. We do have a little bit of time left. I do want to touch base on the All-Star game. We're not going to get too heavily deep into these, but... I just wanted to talk about the All-Star uh, festivities real, real briefly with my with my guys here real quick. So the Celebrity Softball game, uh, before we came on the podcast today, myself, Evan, and Skyler were trying to figure out who exactly we recognize because there's a lot of names here we <laughs> don't know. Uh, the three of us are not huge TikTokers, so uh, we are not familiar with the likes of people like JoJo Siwa. No offense to her. I'm sure she's great. Um, so just a real quick... Uh, you know, I'm not going to read the entire rosters, but Evan Schuyler, are uh, there any celebrities you're looking forward to seeing play in the uh, celebrity softball game and what sticks out to either of you? Probably Larry Walker. <laughs> yeah. I just want to see <laughs> sure. I want to see him launch a softball into the parking lot. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Vinny Castilla is going to be there as well. Good to see uh, some former Rockies players out there. And we know Evan... Vinny can still mash. Yeah, we do. We've seen him take BP, and Larry is – looks still to be in very very good shape from oh yeah we've seen him doing the rounds for his hall of fame stuff so uh-huh. i would love to see them do it uh it's cool that they got some of the other denver sports uh teams involved in this as well uh we'll see von miller of the broncos we'll also see brandon mcmanus of the broncos uh we've got will barden the thrill is going to be there representing the nuggets philip grubauer who was 
wrongfully denied the Vesna Trophy in the National Hockey League. He plays for the Avalanche of goaltender. He will be there as well. And uh, also, other athletes are going to be there, including um, some softball legends. Evan, you got some names, right? Uh, so we have Lauren Chamberlain, who's the uh, all-time home run record holder for the NCAA women's softball. We have a couple uh, Olympians for women's softball team in Natasha Watley and um, <clears throat> Jenny Finch, both of whom are you know, gold medalists for the U.S. women's softball team. There's also um, a couple other baseball players. CC Sabathia is a big one. I think it's going to be really cool to see him. I wonder if they're going to have him pitch or not. Mm. Um, and then a another interesting one is uh, wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks, DK Metcalf, who yeah. is incredibly fast and incredibly strong. So I'm curious to see what they do with him. And then Skylar, you were trying to explain to me what Riverdale was earlier. There are some actors in this as well. Yeah, so for a celebrity softball game, they did a terrible job of getting actual celebrities that people would know and care about. <laughs> uh, like they did manage to get Anthony Mackie, the Falcon slash Captain is cool. America himself. Which is cool. I hope he bats with the shield. That would be sweet. Oh, <laughs> that'd be so cool. And then go flying off with his suit. Yeah. Those things are real, right? They're so much faster. <laughs> yeah, it's totally real. Uh, but, yeah, they got some actors. There's one of the guys from Shazam. I guess he plays – who knows? I've only seen that movie once, and who knows who this actor is. <laughs> Ross Butler. Uh, I guess he mm-hmm. was in 13 Reasons Why on Netflix. I also never watched that. I've uh, not seen that either. Yeah, there's an actor from Riverdale, Charles Melton. No idea who he is. Oh, I do know who Ross Butler is. So while you were listing some folks, I just pulled him up on IMDb. Because I actually do like the movie Shazam. He was one of the adult versions of one of the kids in Shazam. Yeah. Uh, he was also... He's done a couple other things. He was a voice in that Disney movie, Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh, wait, really? Who was he? Uh, the leader of the Kingdom of Spine. Huh. Okay. I'm, I'm just right. on his IMDb page looking for things for that I sure, recognize. For sure. <laughs> the other player that I'm really looking forward to seeing is uh, WWE superstar The Miz. Uh, very excited to see what he can do. So, Miz, if you're listening, I'm calling you out. We'll set up a ring, and uh, you and I could fight for supremacy. Bring, uh, you know, bring one of your IC championships. Let me find out real quick. We can go... Extreme rules, if you want. You know, you can legalize baseball bats as uh, foreign objects. Let me find out, brother. This is my official call out to the Miz. Get it trending. Hashtag Mac versus the Miz on Twitter, <laughs> please. <laughs> I'm sure the WWE will be thrilled to let one of their superstars fight somebody at the All Star game. Look, man, I he it's just they're scared, is what it is. They don't want to ruin their image, and I get it. You know, he's a little intimidated. I understand. That's, uh, that's, but, defi- uh, that's definitely it, I'm sure. That's what but, it is. I was going to say, like, we're talking about these celebrities, and something that I noticed that they're lacking is, no, there really isn't a Colorado Rockies, like, super fan celebrity. You know, because it's like uh, you had Drew Carey in Cleveland playing on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, you've had John Hamm, who's a big Cardinals fan. You know, at, at other all-star games are participating in events. So there's really isn't a, like – Rocky's celebrity super fan. No, we don't have any celebrities that are popping up at all the Rockies games all the time. 
No, we don't have Rob Lowe showing up at the do- showing up at our games <laughs> wearing his bland MLB hat or something like he is over at the Dodgers game. So, man. So what you're saying is we should get Sweet Lou. Yes. Oh, yes. Get Sweet Lou in the celebrity game. For those of you who who may not recognize the name, Sweet Lou is a uh, very elderly gentleman who is a mainstay at Rockies fantasy camps and at Rockies baseball games. He living legend. I think he's like 91 at this point. Yeah. But he is very well loved by a lot of the Rockies community, and. I'm not going to lie, that'd actually be pretty fun to see. That'd be awesome. Get Sweet Lou to the All-Star. Hashtag Sweet Lou All-Star. <laughs> I'm going to throw a bunch of hashtags in this episode. I don't know why. That's just the thing and we're we doing. need more. We need Deal and Doug. We need the Strong Arm. Like, we need Mattress King. Oh, give King. me the Shag Man. Yeah. Give me, a, give me the Shag Man or get me... Um, I guess there really isn't like a bigger one than Deal and Doug. That's a pretty good pick. <laughs> Deal and Doug the All-Star game. Hashtag that one, too. Uh, we've also got the Home Run Derby, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. Obviously, Rocky's own Trevor Story competing in that. Real quick, uh, for both of you, who is winning the Home Run Derby in y'all's opinion? We Actually, real quick, I guess we probably run down the complete roster for those that are not aware. That's probably the responsible thing to do. <laughs> we have got uh, Shohei Otani, of course. We have got Pete Alonzo, the defending champion. Trevor Story of the Rockies. Trey Mancini, great story from the Orioles coming back from a very scary health situation with Trey Mancini. Great to see him in there. Salvador Perez of the Royals, a big, beefy catcher who does some damage to baseballs. Matt Olson of the Athletics, strong first baseman for them. Juan Soto of the Nationals, who was a phenom in his first season. And then Joey Gallo, who is known as a power hitter for the Rangers. The word on the street is that the humidor will be turned off. So if anyone's going, make sure you bring like a hard hat because those walls are going to be flying who do you all think is taking home the crown this season? I've got to say, I'm as much as I love Trevor's story, i got to be rooting for Shohei. Yeah. Because that would just be such a cool cap off. And plus, I think Trevor's story, the way they have the brackets is that Trevor's story is going against Joey Gallo in the first round. And I think that's going to be a heck of a match. But I see Gallo having the edge for that mm-hmm. because he just crushes baseballs. And I think really having him unleash and have, you know, someone throwing BP balls for him to sock some dingers up onto the rooftop is going to be so cool. I said on my Twitter, but I want Joey Gallo to hit a baseball so hard that when I try and catch it, it bursts through my torso. <laughs> because Like a cannonball. I am so happy that no humidor juiced home run derby balls the only thing that could make this better is that if everyone had metal bats or super duper corked bats oh literally flying out of the county that is awesome i yeah i actually kind of am in line with what you're thinking skylar who's your pick who's taking home the trophy this year i have in my final for my bracket that i submitted that i think i have shohei otani going up against joey gallo in the finals and i have joey gallo okay taking home the trophy yeah just wow. something about Joey Gallo. He's built to hit home runs. And so I'm I'm factoring in that Shohei is going to get a little winded by that final round, uh, just dominating Juan Soto and Pete Alonso. And then Pete Alonso is also winning his bracket, part of the bracket. But sure. it's going to be Otani and Gallo, and Gallo is just going to be breezing through all these people and just destroying baseballs, and he's taking home that trophy and the $1 million prize. 
So you're thinking it's going to be fairly easy for him, in oh, fact. I think Joey Gallo is going to cruise. Wow. Hot take. Here's my hot take. I have Trevor Story winning it. And I know that Trevor is not hitting for the kind of power that we're used to seeing from him this season. But I think there's something about playing on a team that, you know, is hosting the All-Star game. This is a rare occurrence for the Rockies. He is going to go out there swinging. He's up against, just like uh, Evan Lang said, he is up against a tough customer in Joey Gallo in the first round. I actually have Trevor Story beating Joey Gallo, and then I think he's going to beat Matt Olson in the second round. And I think it's going to be him and uh, Pete Alonzo in the finals. And I think Trevor Story is going to beat Pete Alonzo. He's going to defeat the defending champion, and he is going to take home that trophy. That is my hot take. Here's my other hot take. He's going to hit 30 home runs throughout the course of the competition. And I think he's going to hit as many. I don't know exactly. I'm sure he'll hit you know, more than 30. But I am going to say he's going to hit at least 25 home runs in one round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to pop off. I think Trevor Story is going to go nuts in this thing. And then last little bit of all-star stuff before we kind of get ready to wrap up with our fun little activity for today is the all-star game itself. I'm not going to talk about the uniforms or Evan's going to blow a gasket. They're so bad. So they're so they're bad, so guys. Bad. No. <laughs> he, see, he stays up at night, y'all. I need you guys to understand. Evan has not been able to sleep right since he's seen them uniforms. I it's would design new uniforms for this game for free just to not have to look at the ones that they are making us look at. They're so awful. Everything about them is just so, so bad. And it drives me crazy. And then I look at the hats, and New Era sells versions of the All-Star caps that are black and purple and silver, and they're gorgeous, and they're perfect. And this is the hat they should be wearing. But instead, mm-hmm. it's navy with a red logo, and it's so weird, and nothing... Ugh. It's also it's bad. It's amazing. It's all so, so bad. Please, I never get tired of this. Stop. MLB, stop. I don't know what is... Does your design team need help? Are you okay? Because some of the hats <laughs> that y'all have been putting out recently are not good. Well, yeah, that, yeah, that's true. Especially with... Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that was my descent into madness, so back <laughs> on topic. Yeah, so to finish up with that, uh, the All-Star game itself, um, we talked a bit about just who you guys want to see. I guess it's just a quick little wrap-up prediction. Who wins? You got the National League. Now that we have the full rosters, do you guys have the National League winning this, or do you have the American League? Skyler, which one are you picking in this one? I think the American League is going to win it again. Yeah. Yeah? These things go in a lot of, uh, I guess, waves in a way, where the, the American League wins a few years in a row, and then the National League wins for a few years in a row and then the American League, and then the National League. And they go back and forth, and it's not really like every other year. It's more like they'll all win, or that one league will win five, six years in a row, and then the other league will win five, six years in a row. It's very interesting. Evan? I'm going to be hopeful and say the National League wins. Yeah? I'd like them to win. They don't win as often. It's true. They don't win as often. The American League has historically run this competition pretty pretty easily i want the national league to win obviously we're a national league team uh we're a national league podcast i guess by uh, extension i'd like to see them win it i'd like to see herman marquez uh pitch evan uh and i were talking briefly earlier about uh what are the possibilities that he actually ends up starting i think that'd be really cool especially since it looks like jacob de will not be starting that game It'd be really really cool for herman marquez to start the all-star game 
don't know how likely it is, but I think it'd be a really cool opportunity for Rockies fans and the you know fans of the game in general. So that's it. That's all we've got as far as news. That's all we've got as far as our predictions. We have a little bit of time left, though, and it is All-Star Weekend. It's a fun opportunity for people to go to these exciting games that don't come to Denver very often. Our own Skylar Timmons actually put together some All-Star trivia. Evan and I are not aware of what he's about to ask. I don't even know what he's about to do, so actually I guess I'll let Skylar run this show from here. All right, we need to have my game show theme song kicking in. Uh, <laughs> no, stop! You'll get us copyrighted. Yeah, true. And it's not 10 the podcast seconds, has been taken down. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, this is all relevant to the Rockies All Stars and also the 1998 All Star Game. Um, and so I guess what I can do is just alternate between you guys asking a question, and if you don't know, then the other one can answer uh, or take a chance at it. And fans, feel free to pause the podcast, you know, let Skylar ask the questions, play along with us, man. It'll be fun. Alrighty. So we'll start with Mac here on this first one. Oh, man. I'll give you an easy one. Oh, Who is the only Rockies pitcher okay. to start the All-Star game? So, okay, I'm also just going to preface and say that I am, like, embarrassingly bad at trivia. I'm going to say Ubaldo in 2010. That is correct. Yes, dude. Okay, here's a bonus question to it. He gave up two hits. Who got them? And Evan can weigh in oh, on this one, too. got the hits? He gave up two hits to the same hitter? So he gave up – there were two batters that both got a hit. Two batters. Oh, right. Okay, duh. Uh, who got the two hits? Okay, American okay, they League. Were cor- they were corner uh, infielders. I'll give you that hint. Okay, okay. That's good because I was going to say Jeter. Uh, let's go with A-Rod and let's go – this is going to be wrong. Let's go with A-Rod and I don't know. Who's a first baseman? Uh, in 2010. Shoot, uh, Paul Canerco. Uh, those are not correct. But no, whatever. Evan, do you have some guesses? Gosh, um, said corner infielders. Yes, one played for the Tigers, one for the Rays. All right, the you saying that one played for the Rays cemented the one that I was pretty certain I knew, which was Evan Longoria. Correct. Nice, nice. Uh, so wait, so then who's the other? Was it Poppy? No. He played for the Tigers. He was also a triple crown winner in his career. Oh, oh that's right. You Evan, did say Tigers. It. It's Miggy. It it's got to be Cabrera. Yeah. Miguel Cabrera had a single. Nice. Longoria had a double. Nice. Yeah. Did he give him any runs? No, he had two clean innings. boy. Good stuff. Miggy's now chasing 500 home runs. He's getting real close. Yeah. Legend. Okay. Next one, we'll start with Evan. Only one pitcher has been to multiple All-Star games as a Rocky who was it? He was a reliever. Huh. Ooh. Multiple All-Star games as a Rocky. As a relief pitcher. It's not Brian Fuentes, is it? It is Brian Fuentes. Yeah. Nice. Good man. slinger himself. Nice. Yeah, so he went to three All-Star games for the Rockies. Which ones? Uh, I didn't put that in it was like oh it was like 06 07 stuff like that whenever his time was yeah uh yeah i can look it up okay this next one we'll go to mac what rockies pitcher has thrown the most innings in the all-star game this was in 2008 oh i know this one i know this one immediately 
okay, well, okay, if it's 2008, it's it's got to be uh, the most innings in an All-Star game. So he pitched like three innings? Yes, he did. Okay, he pitched three innings. 2008, could it have been like, oh, this is so embarrassing? Because the, the tough part of this, I know the fans are listening, and I know there's people that are just going to know these immediately. And I feel they're judging ears. <laughs> Mac, this is um, eating away at me right now. I know it. And it I want to say it so I know. bad. Oh, God. Is, oh, is it Jeff Francis? No. Evan? It's Cookie. Aaron Cook. Oh, he was yeah. excellent in the 2008 All-Star Game. Of and it was course. one of his best seasons as well. Yes. So of Aaron course. Cook in 2008, that game went 15 innings. And Aaron Cook wow. pitched innings 10 through 12. He gave nice. up four hits, walked three. A couple of those were intentional walks, and he had two strikeouts. Nice. Pitched his yeah. butt off. And he was not a bullpen pitcher. Ooh. No, yeah. But I think, like, since Clint Hurdle was the manager of that game, kept him going. <laughs> Could deploy he had him. Yeah, this guy. Yeah, this guy. That's awesome. All righty. So this next one, this one's what, for Evan. Who is the only Rocky to lead the National League in fan voting? See, I feel like it seems like it's obvious, but it probably isn't. What year? 2014. It's got to be Tulo then. It is Troy Tulowitzki. Okay, yeah. Came in with an NL best 5,349,456 votes. Wow. Wow. I think that was also, wasn't 2014 Charlie Blackman's first All-Star game? It might have been. I yeah, think, I think, think it was. you're right. Yeah. Okay. Seems like a lifetime ago. All right, so this next one. This is a fun one. The Rockies have sent four players to the All-Star game twice in 2017 and 2019. Charlie Blackman and Nolan Arenado were in both of them. Who were the other four? Okay. Okay, wait. I think I actually do have this one. Okay, so the other four players were Charlie Blackman and Nolan Arenado. So then DJ LeMayhew. Okay. Kyle Freeland. No. Oh! Oh! Oh, embarrassing. All right, Evan, take it. Uh, tell me again which years. So this is 2017 and 2019. Uh, so it was Trevor Story uh, and DJ in 2017. I remember because Keith Law wrote an article that I'm still angry at to this day calling uh, DJ LeMayhew the worst all-star. <laughs> Oh, get out. Uh, the one that no one's going to get that I know is Greg Holland. That is correct. Because he was pitching oh, lights out in the wow. first half of yes. 2017. Yes. Okay, and there's one. You're right, I would never have gotten One that. more all-star. DJ, Trevor, Greg So he got there in 2019. Oh, I thought, but you said 2017 and 2018. I said 19. Yeah. Well, if, oh, I know it. Yeah, 19 is David Dahl. Yeah. Ah, good. Good. Yeah. I miss you, David Dahl. Hope you're good. well. Greg Holland won this. I, I forgot about him, and then when I looked it up, I was like, oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. Good old Dutch. It's because his first, his first half of the season was spectacular, and his second half, eh, yeah. not so much. <laughs> okay. I don't know who's up next. But uh, Evan, you're up next. <laughs> I've decided. Who is the only member of the Blake Street Bombers to not compete in the Home Run Derby? Oh. It's got to be Ellis okay. Burks. 
No. No. All right, the I think I know who it is then. Lake Street Bombers. Eric Young never competed in a home run derby. Young was never a bomber, though. Oh, I guess he wasn't technically a bomber, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Gallup. Uh, 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 I don't know. I got it nothing. It can't be Dante, can it? <laughs> it was the big cat, Andres Galarraga. Get out! It was Galarraga. No he way! Was the, only one. the big cat was never in a home run derby. Nope. Wow. Yeah, he went to two All Star games with the Rockies. I'm believing he never he didn't compete in the home run derby. That's so. one of those facts that like blows your mind. Like it makes sense, but it's just like. Weird to think about. Yeah. Here's a here's a follow up just because Andres Galarraga. Uh, what two All Star games did he go to? Mm. Oh, I'm, I'll let Skyler <laughs> take this one. I didn't put it in my notes. Oh, he was the Rockies' first All Star, so he went to 1993. That's the main one I was looking for. Nice. And then I forgot to look up the other one. 97. Yeah, it was 97, right before hey. Todd Helton took over. Beautiful. Yes, indeed. All right, let's see. Other questions. Um, who are the only Rockies to compete in multiple home run derbies? Okay, 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 okay. This has to be... Okay, Blackman's only done one. Uh, so it has to be, like, Larry Walker. Correct. And are there two or three players? That's the question now, isn't it? <laughs> okay all right you're gonna bust me like that all right all right so then larry walker uh galaraga would have been my pick if you hadn't told me that a minute ago um let me go with uh did helton do some i think helton did one or two i think he did two didn't he this is the little pony himself carlos gonzalez okay wow i man i'm terrible at this okay yeah you know yeah oh god it's so it's so obvious when you say it <laughs> Okay, next. <laughs> okay, this is a fun one that I looked up. What former Rocky started in his first All-Star Game appearance in 1998 while he was a member of the Atlanta Braves? Huh. This is yours, Evan. I think it's Vinny. Nope. Oh, wait. Former Rocky. So he's a former Rocky. He was playing for the Atlanta Braves first at the time, game. and this was his first All-Star Game, and he started in it. All right. Well, Vinny played for the Braves, I think, a little later than 98. Uh, gosh, I don't know. I'm going to just go on a – I mean, this is wrong. Like, it's it's wrong. But uh, I'm going to just literally throw a name out there. Nope, I'm not going to embarrass myself like that. Just tell me <laughs> who the answer is. Well, he was a former shortstop and – Manager of the Colorado Rockies. Oh my goodness! Not Walt Weiss. Walt Weiss. Weiss. No way! Wow, I forgot Walt Weiss was an All Star. That was his first All Star game appearance. Was in 1998, the year after. And he started. Yep, he was the starting shortstop for the American League or for the National League. Wow! Wow! This is fun stuff. I had totally I forgotten about that. I forgot that Walt Weiss was an All Star. Shouts to Walt Weiss being an All Star. Hashtag Walt Weiss for All Star. <laughs> what is with you and hashtags today? <laughs> I'm, I'm just feeling okay, it. <laughs> what else you got, Skyler? All right. How many home runs have the Rockies hit in the All-Star game? Oh, my. Uh, what? How did you even know? Where did you find this? this okay. All, you can find it all on uh, Baseball Reference. <laughs> Cheers, Baseball Reference. Shouts to Baseball Reference. Hashtag Baseball. Anyway, um, 
total? I don't, let's go with... They've been around since 93. Uh, we'll be down for 32. That seems way too high. <laughs> that seems like way too high. Uh, 11. <laughs> I'm going to say 11. Okay. What's your guess, Evan? Uh, it's. I know it's a lot lower than you would expect. It's like 4 or 5. It's not 32. <laughs> It's 52. No, it's four. It is four. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I knew it was I knew it was less than 10. So it's <laughs> the Rockies have hit two home runs every All-Star game for the last 15 years. So it was Todd Helton in 2003, Matt Holliday in 2008, nice. and then Trevor Story in 2018 and Charlie Blackman in 2019. Oh, that's right. Blackman hit a home run in the All-Star game. That was a really cool moment. Okay, and then this question, this one's a twofer. Which is which position has had the most all-stars for the Rockies? Okay. And then so we'll answer that one first. Okay, so this has to be first base. Doesn't it? No. Doesn't it? <laughs> oh. It's outfield. Okay, yeah, because then, yeah. Yeah, oh. brother. I'm sorry. Throughout Rockies their history, fans. they've had like 24 or 25 all stars that are outfielders. Just e- I'm even sorry, if it's Rockies the same fans, guys I'll do better. going in. <laughs> okay. So what's the second half? Which is the only Rockies position to not produce an all star? Oh, Evan, this is yours, and I think you and I are both going to know this immediately. Yeah, this one. The Rockies have never had an all star catcher. That is correct. So then, real quick. Okay, outfield we all know, first base we know, third base we know, shortstop we know. Who's the Rockies' all-star second baseman? DJ. Just kidding. Anyway, you were saying. <laughs> that was a little journey into how my mind works. <laughs> DJ. All right, let's see. We'll do maybe one more oh, here. God, the, the catchers, though. Yeah. Combined, I think, total 13.2 B-War yeah. for all of the Rockies' catchers that have ever played. It is tremendously not, bad. Not great. <laughs> Give us the last okay. one, Skylar. We'll do. This one will also be another two, two-parter two here. Who, Evan, who was the winning pitcher in the 1998 All-Star Game? Oh, thank God. I would never have known this. Hmm. Oh, who started? It was a rookie who won it. Or not a rookie, maybe. It was his first All-Star Game. Oh, for sure. In 98, 1998, huh? 1998, for the American League. I know David Wells started, I think. He did. But he didn't get the nice. win. And Clemens was there, but it wasn't his first All-Star game. I'm stumped. Lay it on me. He is currently dominating down in the Mexican League in his 40s. No. Not, wait, what? Not like, wait, who, what is the answer it's to this question? It's Big Sexy himself, Bartolo Colon. No way, no way, no way, no way. The GOAT. So he was the winning pitcher in the 98 All-Star Game. And then, who was the MVP of the All-Star Game? 
Okay, wait. Well, this has to be related to Rockies in some sort of way. So 1998. No, it was just because it was at Coors Field. Oh shoot. Okay. Uh. Then, um. Chipper Jones. No. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wasn't even in that game. Was no Chipper Jones was in that game. He was there. Yeah. He, he was. Oh, thank God. He was the starting third baseman, I think. Oh, I'm so glad that my guess was like somewhere in the realm of possibility. <laughs> no, that was. Thank you. <laughs> you're you're in the right spot. Oh goodness, who would? He played for who the Orioles the at the time. Ah, oh, it's gotta be Cal Ripken Jr. No. No. Oh. No, but he do, This player does have connections through familial ties with the Rockies. It was one Roberto okay. Alomar. Oh, oh, nice. MVP. Not, not so nice thinking about what's been going on with him recently. Well, sure. But, uh, good point. That's awesome, though. What a wow. Because, right, huh. wasn't, wasn't Sandy a catcher for us at one point? Uh, yeah, catcher, second baseman type person, something like that. Nice. And Sandy nice. Alomar, senior. Skyler, that was, was a coach. That was awesome, man. Thanks for doing that. That's a lot of great information there that I would never have known. There clearly. were a couple others, but we don't need to do them. All right. Yeah, sure. I got one. I got one for y'all. Let's do that it. That I'm pretty sure is going to stump you. Only two players for the Rockies have started the All-Star game in center field. Who are they? Do you just know this? Yeah. Uh, Eric Young? <laughs> no. Chipper Jones? Not a Rocky. <laughs> I'm out, Skyler. Cargo and Charlie Blackman. So you're right for Charlie Blackman. But it's that Cargo... It's either that or it's Larry Walker. It is Larry Walker. Larry nice, Walker Skyler. started in center field for the 1998 All-Star Game. Oh, his natural position, of course. Uh, because the starting right fielder was Mr. Padre himself, Tony Gwynn. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And then left That's field awesome. was uh, Barry Bonds. How's that for an outfield? Good <laughs> luck. That's crazy. Imagine pitching them every fifth day. Um, that's fantastic, guys. Thank you for that. Appreciate you putting all that together, Skyler. Yeah, that, that was, was awesome, flat. Skyler. Yeah. That was really, really good, man. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed that, y'all listening in. Uh, we definitely did. That was a lot of fun. You guys now understand the uh, depth of my no knowledge about Rocky's history, so that's fun for all of us. You didn't do too I have bad. A trivia question. I have a trivia question for both of you to get us out of here. Uh, so, Skyler, first, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at, at sideline underscore crowd. Come follow me and interact with me. I need friends. You do, because Skyler is hilarious. <laughs> Skyler's got one of the consistently funniest Twitter accounts I've ever followed, and I'm not being biased when I say that. Trivia question for Mr. Evan Lang. Where can we find you at? So my Twitter account is uh, at Evan underscore Lang 27. The uh, Affected by Altitude Twitter account where we post updates for this show is at Altitude Effect. And I would like to shout out, just to get the word out there, that you can also find our podcast, Affected by Altitude, on most major podcast carriers. Uh, mm. I believe the only one we're not on right now is Google, and it's something we're working on. But we're on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Um, we're hosted by Megaphone. And yeah, so your platform of choice. Hit us up. 
And then you can follow myself at at Cormac, C-O-R-M-A-C, Battle Pro. Come watch me talk about wrestling, baseball, and Kingdom Hearts probably. Thank you both for hanging with me today. Obviously, uh, another fun episode. When next we talk, we will be past the all-star break. We'll get ready for the second half of the season. Thank you, as always, for listening in. It's a big old thanks and farewell. Hit him with it, Skyler. Farewell. From myself, Skyler, and Evan. Appreciate y'all for listening to Affected by Outsea. We'll catch y'all next week. See you after the All-Star break, y'all.